You're listening to a podcast of The River in Durant, Oklahoma. Join us Sundays at 10 a.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Or learn more about us online at theriverdurant.com. All right, today I'm going to talk to you about the truth about faith. And since Dr. Holler isn't here, he is in Austin at our son Brandon's church. He's preaching in Austin and Lockhart today, so he would appreciate our prayers. And also, he sends his love and, and uh, says he misses all of you. But since he's not here today, I'm going to teach you about faith the right way. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Amen. So if uh, you'll pull up Hebrews 11.1. 1. We're going to read this scripture. I know when we were in Bible college, we got so much faith teaching. I remember walking to the apartment and going, if I hear the word faith one more time, I'm going to throw up. I'm so glad. I'm so glad they poured it into us because you have to hear it. You have to understand what it means, and you have to understand how it works. So Hebrews 1.1. Hebrews 1 1 and Hebrews 1 1. So there we go. I said it three times. <laughs> Have to be homiletically correct. Amen. In the King James Version, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. But I love it in the Amplified Version. It's so revealing. It says, Now faith is the assurance, the confirmation. I love this, the title deed of the things we hope for, being proof of things we do not see, and the conviction of their reality faith, perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Is that amazing? I love that. You know, faith works. I know. You think it hadn't worked for you, but it, it will if you understand how it works. And just because you have a bunch of letters after your name and you're a great theologian does not mean you know how faith works. It takes one word from God to forever change your life. Just one word can change you for the rest of your life. So my first uh, thing is how faith comes. Romans 10, 17. It says, so then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Uh, someone had Dr. Holler a t-shirt made one time in one of the churches where we pastored. It had, faith comes by hearing, and hearing, and hearing, and hearing. He turned around, and it says, and hearing, and hearing, and hearing. You can't hear it enough. Amen? Because God's word is true. Um, in 1980... In Thackerville, Oklahoma, where we lived, we had a horrible ice storm. I mean, the ice stayed on the ground for 10 straight days. And y'all kind of had a little bit of that last year. As a matter of fact, I fell in <laughs> two drives away last year. Thank God I wasn't hurt. But I'm telling you, that is so dangerous. And so it was on the ground for 10 days so the kids could not go to school. Woo! Amen. <laughs> And uh, we, like I said, we lived in Thackerville, and 
on John's mom and dad's property, and grandma lived up at the top of the hill, and we lived down at the bottom. So the kids thought it would be a great idea to go see grandma, and I'm thinking, yes, it's a great idea. <laughs> We've been cooped up in this house. <laughs> we all need a break, so go see grandma. So the kids were sliding their way to grandma's house, skating, whatever they were doing. And our uh, younger son, Brandon, fell and hit the back of his head. And uh, the next morning when he got up, his eyes were black. Well, I know, I didn't get mother of the year that year, so I didn't put two and two together. But he started having these headaches. I mean, severe headaches. They would call me from school and tell me to come and get him because he just couldn't even function. And he would just have to go to bed. He would throw up sometimes because they were so severe. And this went on for several weeks. And like I said, I wasn't mother of the year that year. So it took me a while to understand and put those two things together. So I took him to the doctor. And the, the first thing he asked me was, well, has he hit his head? I'm going, duh, yes. And I told him that it blacked both his eyes. And he said, oh, gosh, then that means... His brain has pulled away from the front of his skull, and it hemorrhaged, and that's why. He said, and so probably there has some scar tissue there that has cause, that's causing these headaches. And he said, I'm going to send you to a neurologist in Oklahoma City. So needless to say, I mean, it, it was a devastating thing to me. First of all, I felt so, you know, the devil was beating me up, telling me what a sorry mother I was, and I was pretty much agreeing with him. And, you know, but one day I was sitting, before we left, I was sitting on the couch, and the kitchen door was right here. It was an open kitchen door behind me, and I was sitting there, and I said, Father, you've got to help me. I, I just feel like such a failure as a mother, and I need, I need you to give me a word. I need help here because I'm so discouraged and feel so bad. And it was like he was standing right behind me in that kitchen door, and he said, Brandon's healed. Now, see, I didn't understand what exactly he meant by that because I know so much more now. I know what he was saying. He was telling me Brandon was healed on Calvary a long time ago. And so, uh, but that word was such a, heart-changing word it I mean I just okay thank you Jesus and I just started worshiping him and thanking him that Brandon was healed but let me tell you something you know the work word says in Mark 4 15 and these are they by the wayside where the word is sown but when they have heard Satan comes immediately, immediately to steal that word from you. And you've got to understand that. He's not going to let that just, oh, yeah, they got a word. It's okay. No, he's going to come after that word immediately and try to steal that from you. Because if he can steal it, then whatever you had believed God for, you're not going to get it. And so uh, we had some dear friends Spirit-filled Christians came by about 30 minutes later after the Lord told me Brandon was healing. Hey, you know, people mean well, but sometimes God, you know, the enemy can use them against you. 
And, it, you know, if you're not ready for that. Anyway, they came by, and so they, they because they knew I had gone to the doctor, and they were seeing what the report was. So I told them, I said, well, we're going to the neurologist in the morning. Uh, well, no, I said, uh, I was just sitting here praying, and the Lord told me that Brandon's healed. And they just looked at each other and looked at me and said, but you're going to the doctor, right? And I just went, yeah, we are. And I thought, you devil, I'm going to prove to you, you're not going to steal this from me. He's healed. And when we go to the doctor, it's going to prove it. I don't have to prove it. The doctor's going to prove it. And so I didn't even tell John about it. And so, because I was so confident God had done it. And so the next morning we got up early and we're headed out to Oklahoma City and we got about 10 miles north to Marietta. And I just looked at John and I said, oh, by the way, the Lord's healed Brandon. He told me he did. And he slammed on the brakes, <laughs> pulls over. He said, then we're going back home. And I said, no, we're not. I'm going to prove to these people that what God told me is true. And so um, he said, okay. So we get up there, and we're talking to the neurologist. And, of course, he's got all these questions. And I told him what the symptoms had been and everything. He goes, oh, yeah, he has a concussion. That's definitely a concussion. If he's having severe headaches, throwing up, all this, yes, he has a concussion. So I'm going to go x-ray him. So he took like 10 or 12 x-rays. I love this. I love when the doctors shake their heads. <laughs> he came back in and he said, he said, I don't, I don't get it. From what you've told me, there should be some damage there. But there is not one sign of any damage. Well, our God is good. His word is true. Amen. Something you need to know. Like I said, the devil's going to come immediately. Be prepared. But you stand against him. You stand your ground. He's going to fight you because he knows that one word, that one word is going to change you forever. Because that built such faith in my life to believe God for anything after that. Because he is so, he's so faithful. And I want you to understand that today. No matter what you're facing, I don't care what it is, God has already made a way. Amen. You hold on to your confession and your profession. The word of God created the worlds and all that's in the universe. And you hold on to that word. And God is about to create something wonderful for you. Amen. There's no trouble. No matter what you're facing, I want you to understand this. No trouble at all. There's no calamity so tragic. There's no heart that is so hard that God cannot penetrate it. Don't give up on people. I, I witnessed to my dad for years, and he would not get saved. He would not get saved. It didn't matter what we did. He watched our lives, and he knew what we had was real. But he would not give his life to the Lord. And But the Lord, uh, the doctors called us in in... Uh, March of 2006 and said he only had a few weeks to live. So I flew up to Minnesota and I prayed over my daddy. I gave him the word of God and he still would not get saved. 
But in August, he lived from March to August. God was not going to let that man die. He would not let him die. He said, you and your household will be saved. Don't give up as long as they're breathing. You, you say, yes, they're going to be saved because God is faithful. And three weeks before my dad died, he, he got saved. It's just amazing to me because all those years we planted those seeds, we planted those seeds, planted them. You keep planting, that word is, is going to penetrate that heart. I want to encourage you in that. Faith is the manifestation of a heart that has received the word. Well, if I take a pill, if I can get that loan, I know this is only temporary, whatever it is. Just know that, that that situation is only temporary because what I really need is a word from God, and the word brings faith. Amen? I want to tell you how faith works. Romans 10.10 For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Faith works in your heart, in your spirit. That's where the faith is. And that's why it's so important to fill that heart full of the word of God so that no matter what situation you're facing, you're going to have that word and you have the confession to speak against it, whatever it is, whether it's for healing, finances, restorations in families, whatever it is, God has the answer. And you just keep confessing that word. Uh, there are two kinds of faith. The gift of faith, this is a temporary manifestation, like the thing for Brandon. I mean, that was just a moment in time that my, the faith of God rose up in my heart and caused me to believe God that he really was healed. And that's from the Holy Spirit. The faith you grow from your spirit you got to grow faith. You know, a lot of people say, well, you only, only have a little, the size of a mustard seed. No, no, that mustard seed has to grow. It grows so big that even birds lodge in that tree because it grows and grows and grows, and that's the way your faith has to be. You know, you can't move mountains the first day you get saved. I'm sorry, that's just because, I mean, unless you are a supernatural human being, that faith is not there to believe God for it. But as you read the word and you sit under the word every week, your heart is receiving that word so that in the times when you need them, that word's going to come out. You know, I, I was walking around this morning and I was just preaching to myself all morning. And it, it was just flowing out, the word of God, scripture after scripture after scripture because it's in me. Because I've sat under it for years. So I want to encourage you, read the word. Get up and read the word every morning. And if you can't do it in the morning, do it before you go to sleep at night. Keep that in you. Our kids, we raised our kids. Well, we had a, a 78 album. I know y'all kids don't even know what that is. But uh, I one Christmas when we were at Christ for the Nations, I was working at J.C. Penney's, and they had this album, these two albums, and it was nothing but the Bible stories. And then it had a book that went along with it that looked like a comic book. And that's what my kids went to bed with every night with one of those playing. It's just story after story after story of the Word of God and all the miracles that God did. 
And uh, so much so that when we came back to Thackerville and our kids went to Church Christ, <laughs> the pastor's wife was a Sunday school teacher, and she goes, what do you do? Just drill your kids day and night with the word. They know every story. I'll start it, and they finish it every time. But that's what did it. We just kept the word. That's how they went to sleep every night, just listening to those stories of the Bible. Amen. And that's how you grow your faith. Stay in the word. Now, I want you to understand it's really important not to get these two faiths mixed up. See, people say that Dr. Holler has, has the gift of faith. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. He has big faith, but it's because he has put himself under the word year after year after year. And as you grow, you can believe God for mighty things, no matter what it is, you know, because you have that in your heart. And that's what I want you to know. You can have big faith. You can. You can. It's possible. Because, and that's what God wants for your life. He, from the very, from before you were ever conceived, he had great plans for your life. He, he knew your name and what you were going to do. And he had nothing but positive things for your life. I know the enemy has come in with different things to try to attack you and discourage you. I told a lady the other day, I said, you don't really think that the devil's going to throw one dart at you and then just walk away. No. It's going to be rapid fire until he thinks he can beat you down and make you give up. That's what he does. That's his M.O. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's his M.O. Kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus came that we might have life and life more abundantly. That's his will for you. The gift of faith is different from the faith that's in your heart that made you righteous, and that's the faith you are responsible to grow. Uh, years ago, we pastored out in San Angelo. for uh, We actually were youth pastors there for four years, and then we became senior pastors and pastored for ten years. Well, we had this deacon. I mean, he was... Six foot five, good-looking man. I mean, he showed up every Sunday with a suit and tie on, stood out front and greeted the people. I mean, and he had these dark sunglasses. He looked like something, somebody working for the mafia. But, but he was harmless. I mean, he was a precious man of God. The whole church loved this man. And, I mean, he would meet you out in the parking lot. He would have an umbrella. If it was raining, he would help the women get into the church and I mean, he was so faithful. He was so faithful to us. Well, one day I was at home by myself, and uh, I hear a knock on the door. And I go answer the door, and it's Cliff. This six-foot-five man fell into my arms, crying and sobbing. He said, I've been diagnosed with lung cancer, the same one my daddy died from. And he's just sobbing and sobbing. I just grabbed him by the shoulders, and I said, you stop it. You stop it. You don't have that bloodline anymore. You have the, line, the bloodline of Jesus Christ that redeemed you from this. Don't accept this. Don't accept this. And, uh, you know, I just kind of slapped him around. And No, I'm kidding. <laughs> stop that. But he had said under the word of faith for years. And I said, we're going to walk this out, Cliff. You're going to be healed. 
And he just took a deep breath and said, okay, okay. So we went to the church uh, that Sunday, and we made that announcement, and we said, we need everybody on board with us. This man is going to live and not die. He's going to proclaim the wonderful works of his God. They told him he had six weeks. Well, six weeks went by. He was still here. Six months went by, and he was still here. And all this time, he was going to San Antonio to get chemo treatments. He lost all his hair. A bunch of the guys shaved their heads, including my husband. I told him, don't ever do that again. <laughs> that is not a pretty sight. <laughs> Sorry, but it's just not. <laughs> anyway, I mean, everybody got on board with him. It was an amazing thing to see the body of Christ come together. Well, one day he came into John's office. It was probably about uh, 15 months into it. And he said, yeah, uh, John, he said, I, you know, I need you to give me some tapes on faith. And John just went, what? Yeah, I need you to give me some tapes on faith. He goes, okay. So he went and got his tapes, uh, Brother Hagen's tapes on faith. And uh, he said, here you go. And when he walked out of John's office, he just bowed his head, and he said he didn't get it, Lord. He didn't get it. All this time, he has said under the word, you know, people can be saying the right things, but unless it's in their heart, it's not going to work. You cannot be double-minded. This man was fighting for his life, and we were fighting with him. But unbeknownst to us, he was at home making funeral plans. You cannot do that. You cannot do that. You cannot be double-minded. And 18 months after he was diagnosed, he went to heaven. And it was a very hard thing for everybody because most people didn't understand it. They didn't know what we knew. And we couldn't tell them. Not at that time. Faith works in the heart. Your outward circumstances can only tell you the facts, but facts change. Facts change. Faith works in the heart where your real power is. Guard your heart. Guard your heart. This is a true story. An oil sheik had this young guy. He, he did a job for him. I don't remember what it was, but... This guy did a job, and he did a great job. Now, if you know anything about oil sheiks, you're not going to have one up on them because, you know, they want to do better. They want you to see that they're still in power or whatever. And so the oil sheik sent his man, and he asked this guy, he says, um, the oil sheik wants to know uh, what he can give you for what you've done for him. And he goes, oh, no, I don't want anything. He goes, no, you don't understand he wants to do something for you. <laughs> he goes, but I don't know of anything I want. I'm blessed. I, you know, I don't, I don't know. Let me think. Okay. If he wants to buy me a golf club, he can buy me a golf club. I could use a new golf club. And so the, the guy goes back to the sheik and tells him. And he's so excited because he's finally got something he can tell him that he can get him. So he comes a few days later and picks up the boy, and he says, all right, 
he says, we're going to go get your golf club. And he goes, okay, well, I'm ready. He said, uh, where are we going to go? And he told him, and he goes, okay. So they're driving up, and he says, so this is where we're going to get my golf club? And he goes, yes, sir. And so they drive up there, and he said, so do we go in the shop and get the golf club? He said, no, sir. This is your golf club. <laughs> he bought the whole club. You've got to broaden your capacity to receive by cramming in the word of God, of his promises. Your father, if he's big enough to save you, he can do anything for you. Anything. <laughs> Praise God. I'm thinking, I can think big, you know. <laughs> He's big enough to save everybody that you have in your life. Just believe him. Just believe him. That's all. You know, John used to say, if God could have an obsession, it would be he wants to be believed. He makes it so simple for us, and all we have to do is believe. I don't know why a man doesn't, he just makes it so hard, but I got to help God out, you know. I mean, this is too easy. No, no. Amen. Uh, and so the third thing is how to release your faith. That's so important to know how to release it and believe God because when you release it, you're going to receive what you're asking for. In Romans 4, 17, as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. You know, I, I used to struggle. I said, but I am sick. You know, as people say, don't say you're sick. Okay, well, there's something here. <laughs> I'm not feeling real well. <laughs> But that's not it. We call those things that be not as though they were because that's what God did. He spoke this world into being when all it looked was black. But he spoke this world, light be, and there it came. That creative power is inside of you. And when you understand, you know, a lot of people, they don't understand why all this crazy town's going on around them. But you've created it with your words. You speak your world into being. And that's so important that you understand because you have that creative ability in you. You are made in the image of God. And so what he does, you do. Whether it's good or bad for your life. You know, you can speak bad things over your life and, yep, they're going to happen. Because that creation is there. But speak positive things over your life. It's so important. John, I think John told the story here a while back. But um, we were on our way back from uh, Dallas and coming, just about to come through Allen. We get a phone call, and they told us that there was a man in our church that was at the emergency room having a heart attack. And so we were just about to go by the hospital. John told them, they said, we'll just pull in here and, and go in there and let Miss Hand lay her hands on him. So we go into the emergency room, and Johnny Marshall was this guy's name. Big old bare-chested, hairy-chested guy laying up there with all these things plugged into him, and he was in so much pain. I mean, you could see it on the monitor. It was just going crazy. And so um, 
He said, Johnny, Miss Ann's going to go come in here. She's going to lay her hands on you, and you're going to be healed in Jesus' name. And Johnny's going, okay, go ahead, go ahead, you know. And somebody said, so I laid my hands on his bare chest. Hey, Jesus laid hands on the lepers. I can lay my hands on a guy's bare, hairy bare chest. <laughs> Amen. So uh, I just commanded him to live in Jesus' name. I said, you will live and not die. And proclaim the wonderful works of your God. You will live and not die. Jesus sent his word and healed you. He delivered you from this destruction. And by the stripes of Jesus, you are healed. And here in a few minutes, he just calmed down. He said, whew, okay, I feel better. I feel better. And so we just blessed him and we left. So the next day, John said, why don't we go over and see Johnny and at the hospital? I said, okay. So I called to see what room he was in. And they said, well, he's not here. And, of course, the enemy immediately comes <laughs> to steal your faith. And I thought, oh, why isn't he there? And John just kind of looked at me and he, I said, there is no Johnny Marshall at the hospital. I said, we just came to see him yesterday in the emergency room. He was having a heart attack. Oh, no. Doctor walked in. Everything was fine. There was no damage. Told him to lose weight and go home. <laughs> Amen. He was healed immediately. Amen. God is so good. Just You just got to believe it. It's so exciting. I mean, with God, your whole life is an adventure. It's, it's just so much fun. Praise God. Uh, I'm trying to remember what year this was. I know this it feels like it's all a story about me, but, I mean, this is my life. These are my miracle stories that God has used me to do, and I'm so honored that he did that. You know, I used to struggle with, oh, God, what happens if they die? What happens if, you know, they don't get well or whatever? And the Lord just spoke to me, and he said, uh, Ann, it's not about you. <laughs> oh, yeah. What was I thinking? <laughs> You're right, Lord. What an arrogant thing I had there going and thinking it was all about me. But it really is all about him. And the price that he paid on that cross, he paid a horrific price for your healing, and he wants you healed. Amen. Well, a few years ago, I'm trying to remember how long ago. It was back in 2000. Uh, well, actually, 1999, our daughter and son-in-law got married. Yes, we have a daughter. Our, my husband never talks about her, <laughs> but we do have a daughter. She's our baby, and uh, <laughs> she is. She's a pastor, too. Anyway, and so um, she got married. I mean, she married Prince Charming. He was just awesome he's you know somebody told me years ago to pray for my children's mates that is so important to get that down because all three of our children's mates are everything we prayed for we're so grateful to God that he answered that prayer and we stood and believed God for that anyway so I encourage you in that and so she married Prince Charming and and they were so excited and about a year later they decided they wanted babies Love babies, love grandbabies. I'm so glad. We taught our children, get married and have babies. And we told, John told one of them, you got to marry a Mexican. They have lots of babies. 
So he did. <laughs> and he's got four. The other two have three. So um, anyway, so they wanted a baby so bad. And they, you know, when you want one really bad, I mean, I never had this problem. <laughs> Some people do, but she just couldn't get pregnant. And uh, so we prayed, and she had scriptures all over the house, on every mirror, at the door, you know, everywhere. She would quote it coming in, quote it going out. And uh, they were just believing God. Well, one night she called me, and she said, we're pregnant! And, oh, man, we screamed, and we shouted, and we rejoiced. And then she called me the next morning and told me she had lost it. Something you have to understand is it's not that bad things don't happen to us but it's what we do with it that makes the difference. We will not blame God. The enemy comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. I don't know how it happened. It doesn't matter how it happened. It happened. And she was devastated. And I lived 200 miles away. We were living in Austin, and they were still in San Angelo. So needless to say, the next morning we loaded up and went to see her and Derek. And we prayed over them, and we cried, and then we wiped the tears and said, okay, devil, this isn't going to work. You've robbed from us, and so you have to pay back. Always say that to the devil. He has to pay you back for what he has stolen from you. If you have had finances stolen from you, believe God that they're going to come back. The word says when the thief has been found out... He has to pay back sevenfold return. Believe God for that. Call it in. If you've lost money, call it back in. Supernatural finances to come back to you. Anyway, so we went home, and it was oh, it was a rough, rough time for us. But I was cleaning house one day, and all of a sudden, I used to make fun of my mother-in-law because she would tell me things like this happened to her. And I think the Lord's going, oh, yeah, here you go. Now your kids are going to make fun of you. <laughs> anyway, so I saw this vision of us standing on a platform dedicating her third baby. I saw her daughter, her son, and a blue blanket in that order. And so um, I just went, okay, okay, all right, Lord. But now you got to understand, when somebody's discouraged, sometimes their hearts aren't always receptive to what you're going to tell them. You know, everybody, it's hard when everybody says, well, the Lord said, and the Lord said, and you're just going, yeah, yeah, I, I, okay, okay. It's just hard to receive sometimes when you're discouraged. But, so I, I prayed, and I said, Lord, you've got to prepare her heart to receive what I'm about to tell her. Because I know this is your will for her life. So I prayed in the Spirit, a very wise thing to do. Because sometimes when you don't know how to pray, pray in the Spirit. The Spirit knows what to pray. And so um, I just prayed in the Spirit for a while. And I felt the release to go ahead and call her. And I called her and I said, Jen, I just want to tell you something. First of all, the Lord loves you so much. And so do I. And he just gave me a vision of us standing on the church platform, dedicating not one, not two, 
but your third child. And I said, it's going to happen. You have to receive this word because it's going to happen if you'll receive it. And so we laughed and we cried and we thanked the Lord for it. So they started believing God for another baby. And it didn't happen and it didn't happen and it didn't happen. Like I said, I didn't have that problem, so I can't even. <laughs> I was praying the other way. Oh, Lord. <laughs> make it stop no I'm just kidding <laughs> but um, I mean they had to have a lot of help in fact my daughter jokes about it she says well basically the nurse got me pregnant but anyway hey however it comes we don't care as long as it comes and they got pregnant finally and uh, everybody told her you're going to have a boy I said no you're not it's a little blonde headed girl she's the oldest and she just goes, oh, mother, whatever. So, and, and when they did the sonogram, of course, she was turned where you couldn't see. So they, everybody keeps saying, you're having a boy, you're having a boy. Needless to say, Sophie Grace Miller showed up. She was first. And a few years later, they had Pierce Thomas Miller. And then it stopped. <laughs> and I just said, because the first boy, he was... High maintenance, to say the least. They named him Pierce. I'm going, why would you name a child Pierce? Because his crying is like a screaming. <laughs> oh, Lord, it was terrible. And so he was just high maintenance baby. And so his dad said, this is it. We're not having any more. Don't want any more. This is good. I had one sister. He's got one sister. We're good. And I mean... He was adamant. He said, we are not having any more. And I just kept saying, well, Lord, there was three. So years go by. I mean, years go by. And they just keep telling me we're not having another one. And, you know, I got to the point that I just, I don't know why. I guess I think she was convicted because she would tell me, Mother, we're not having any more. And I would just say, hey, I didn't say a word. I'm just saying what God said. And if you don't want to, if you don't want to do what he says, that's between you and him. I'm just saying. <laughs> but at one point she did want another baby and he kept saying, "No. I don't want any more." And the, she was I mean she was even crying and she came to me and she says, "Mama, I want another baby." And he says, "No." And I said, "You know what? God can change his heart." He can change his heart. So, so we started praying. Yes, we formed together <laughs> against him. <laughs> and seven years later, they called me. And uh, she said, Mom, we had been out of town. We'd been overseeing one of our churches out in Hobbs, New Mexico. And, and we were just coming into town. She goes, Mom, are you back yet? And I said, yeah, we're just coming into town. She goes, well, I have a gift for you. I said, oh, that's so sweet. You didn't have to do that. <laughs> she goes, no, no, I want to bring it to you now. And I said, okay. Well, it worked out. They wound up driving right in behind us in the driveway. It was so crazy. Anyway, so she gets out, and she's got this little gift bag. And, you know, I pulled it out. It looked like a pair of ink pens to me I've never seen an EPT test I'm sorry that's not that was not my world <laughs> she goes read it mom and I said oh, 
Clearview. Okay, well, that's nice. She goes, read it, mother. <laughs> and, her, and her husband's standing there watching this whole thing. And, and then I saw the positive, and I went, oh, my gosh. God, it's so good. And we jumped in that driveway and shouted. I think my neighbors all thought we'd lost our minds. But, but the first thing I did was looked at Derek because I'm thinking, oh, God. He's happier than she is. She goes, I can't believe this. I can't believe it. After all this time, we're going to have another baby. I'm too old for this. <laughs> I said, no, you're not. This is perfect timing. And needless to say, Maxwell Tate Miller showed up <laughs> January 25th. Be four years this year. I say, I'm telling you these stories because they're miracle stories for us. I mean, I've watched it. For years and years and years. It didn't start out with huge miracles. But I've seen so many miracles. And uh, it was funny because I called John this morning. And uh, you think the enemy isn't going to work against you. But I had started writing a book a few years ago. Because Casey came and told me the Lord says you need to write a book. And I'm sitting there thinking, okay, about what? And the Lord spoke to me one day about your miracles. I mean, what? is more faith-building than to read. I remember when I was in Bible college and I read Smith Wigglesworth. Well, I could believe God for anything after that. I mean, I don't know if you've ever read his books, but I'm telling you, they are faith-builders. And so uh, Casey had told me I needed to start writing a book, so I thought, well, you know what? I'm going to write stories about my life and what I've seen, what I've been honored to see and how God has used me to lay hands on people and see them healed. Like I said, it's been a great adventure. I, I just, I'm, I love the Lord. He's such a good God, and he's good all the time. And speaking of a miracle, here's our little new member over here, Miss Lydia. Amen. Tiny, scrawny little thing. <laughs> Nine pounds and what? Twelve ounces. Twenty-two inches long. This kid's half grown. She, I'm surprised she's not already walking. <laughs> That's wonderful. Thank you, Jesus, for our new member. We love growing the church. Anyway, I just want you to see that I'm no special person. I mean, I think I'm special, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> but God loves you just like he does me, and he wants to use you out in this world because, I mean, let's face it, there's a real broken world out there, and they need miracles. They need to see the good God that you serve. Amen? Because faith is alive. It's alive. And it's a firm foundation, a conviction, a positive persuasion that what you hope for and what you believe and have asked God for in prayer, it will come to pass. You just have to continue to believe it. No matter how long it takes, it took seven years to get my last baby. <laughs> They, I, you know, all circumstances says this is not happening, but God, but God. I saw that baby. Faith believes and believes that you receive it now. Doesn't matter, like I said, what the circumstances look like. You believe it when you pray it. Don't be afraid. Faith always defeats fear. Use your faith. It works, and it always pleases God. If you can see it, you can have it. 
when I fully understood that, I used to say that fear was the opposite of faith. But I think sight is because we get wrapped up in what we see. I say sight is the opposite of faith because that's what robs our faith by the things that we see in our lives that seem hopeless. But we got to look past that because he has great things for us. And he has us here on this earth for such a time as this. So that there's, there's people you can reach, I'll never see them. But you see people every day that you can minister to this thing. Let that faith grow in you. And be bold, like, like Miss Parrish said earlier. Be bold in your witness. People are dying to hear this. They're dying for the gospel. They, they, just, they have to hear something good. good. Gospel, good news. I mean, let's face it, there's none out there. We're, we're the carriers of this good news, and you need to share it with people that you love and people that you know because I won't, I won't ever meet them probably in this lifetime, but you're there in their life for such a time as this. So get you some scriptures. Get you some promises and pray those promises over your life. And then give God thanksgiving. There's nothing... To God like a grateful heart I, I just walk around all the time just thanking him I thank him for so many different things you know the small things thank you Lord I woke up today with a sound mind some people didn't amen thank you I have a healthy body I can walk I can talk thank you I mean it doesn't have to be great big things but to me that's a great thing to wake up with a sound mind because 12 years ago, I had to have brain surgery, and I didn't know if I'd ever have a sound mind again because there was a point that I didn't. But, and then just simply asking. He loves you. You are his child. He wants you to be able to come to him with anything. Please know that. He loves you dearly. So these three things are what I've told you today. Faith comes by the word. Faith works in the heart, in the spirit, and the confession of the word releases your faith. I know there are some of you here today that are believing God for certain things. And I have prayed in the spirit all morning, all last night before I went to bed. I want to stand and believe God with you because the word said, We're two on earth, stand in agreement as touching anything, that whatsoever you pray for, when you pray, Believe, you receive it, and you shall have it. And so if there are any here needs here today, I would love for you to come forward. I'm going to have my elders and their wives come forward and stand and believe God with you for whatever it is you need. And we're going to pray, and we're going to have miracle testimonies. <laughs>